Hotep, how's everybody doing today? All right. Well, hey, it has been a very, very busy news day. If you've been following my Facebook posts, you know that, and also on Twitter. So today is Tuesday, September 24th, 2019, the day of reckoning. I told you this day was coming. People didn't believe me. Going back to January 2017, I told you that Donald Trump was going to be impeached and Donald Trump would be forced to resign from office just as Richard Nixon was forced to resign from office. He announced that August 8th, 1974. All right. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to deal with some of the events that took place today. We're going to deal with Nancy Pelosi uh, announcing a formal impeachment inquiry of Donald Trump. Uh, we're going to talk about what is an impeachment inquiry. And then I'm going to deal with some of the history of the of Watergate. Okay, the Watergate uh, break in, the Watergate hearings, and what led to Richard Nixon resigning from office. All right, so this involves understanding the Constitution. This involves understanding law. This involves history as well. Okay, how's everybody doing? Everybody share this Facebook Live broadcast on your own uh, Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in. You're going to get a real history lesson, a real lesson about uh, the Constitution, a real lesson about law. Because unfortunately, African Americans don't understand any of this stuff. Okay, and this is one of the reasons why we keep getting get, keep getting our behinds kicked. All right. So this is one of the reasons why. And unfortunately, many of us are listening to some of the wrong people who have absolutely no clue what they're talking about. Don't understand the Constitution. Don't understand history. Don't understand law. Don't understand politics. All right. So share this broadcast on your Facebook page. How's everybody doing? All right. And uh, get your pens and pad handy because I'm going to give you a lot of information, a lot of notes also. All right. So. Um, you know, I went back, you know, what's interesting here is I went back and looked at my notes from, um, the African history network show from the weekend of May 25th, 2019. Right. And that weekend, uh, there were 38 Democrats who came out in support of starting an impeachment inquiry of Donald Trump, 38 Democrats and one Republican representative, Justin Amash of Michigan. That was the weekend of May 25th. Okay. Uh, as of tonight, let me, uh, let me go to New York times.com because, uh, New York times is keeping a running tally. Let me refresh the screen because we've seen an increase of over 40 more Democrats coming out just in the, in the last 24 hours, uh, in, uh, support of, uh, impeachment of, uh, of Trump. Okay. Uh, an impeachment inquiry. Let me go to, uh, let me see, hold on. They changed it. They have it on the home page. Let me go to, I brought up the uh, actual article. The last count was, uh, the last count was 203. Okay. So, uh, okay, let me see where they uh, have it now. Um, yes, yeah, 203. 203, uh, I think that's 203 Democrat, plus probably 202 Democrats plus one uh, independent representative Justin Amash. Okay. So you had two, you had 38 Democrats the weekend of May 25th, 2019. Now you have at least 202 Democrats. Okay. You need 218. If you take a full house of representative vote, if you take a full vote in the house, uh, to 
start the impeachment process of a, of a president. But you don't have to do that. It can start in the House Judiciary Committee. It has already started in the House Judiciary Committee. But Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of, uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives, announced a formal impeachment inquiry today. OK, so let's get into this. All right. So let's look at the uh, reporting from uh, NBCNews.com. We'll look at NBC News, Washington Post and New York Times. Because I've been going through looking at uh, all those sources and uh, I have my notes here as well. OK, and I'm, I'm going to refresh the screen a few times because this is a, a this is a uh, a very fluid news story. And we have a lot of news developments. I just watched uh, Representative Maxine Waters on the uh, Rachel Maddow show. Okay. So, uh, and Maxine Waters is going to be Trump's worst nightmare. I'm telling y'all right now. Okay. This sister going to kick his ass, period. Okay. <laughs> He's going to wish he never ran for office. All right. So let's look at the article from the uh, NBC News. Uh, Nancy Pelosi announces formal impeachment inquiry of Trump. More than three quarters of House Democrats have come out in support of an inquiry as Trump's Ukraine uh, scandal grows. All right. Now, uh, earlier, uh, earlier on Tuesday, September 24th, uh, Donald Trump had confirmed reports that his administration froze almost $400 million in aid to Ukraine, okay? And this was uh, revealed by a, a whistleblower, all right? So all of this is coming together at one time. All of this is coming together at one time. And I told people the truth is going to come out. January 2017, I told people the truth is going to come out. I told people Trump is going to be forced to resign from office and he would be impeached. Impeachment does not mean removal from office. We're going to get into that. Impeachment does not mean removal from office. Impeachment means a formal filing of charges against a sitting president. Now, uh, Trump gave a new reason for doing so. OK, uh, when it came to uh, confirming reports that his administration froze almost four hundred million dollars in aid to uh, Ukraine, he gave a new reason for doing so. He said he wanted European countries to contribute, uh, contribute money to and did not uh, T.O.O. to and did not want the United States to do so alone. Now, the freeze came before the July uh, 2019 phone call in question. All right. Donald Trump said, quote, as far as withholding funds, those funds were paid. They were fully paid. But my complaint has always been and I would withhold again and I'll continue to withhold until some uh, such time as Europe and other nations contribute to uh, Ukraine because they're not doing it. End quote. Now, the reason why he kept withholding the money kept, keeps changing. So pay attention to this. Quote, very important, I want other countries to put up money, he added. I think it's unfair that we put up the money. Then other people call me. They said, oh, let it go, and I, and I let it go. But we paid the money, the money was paid, end quote. Now, he said he wants Germany, France, and other nations to contribute more funds. He went on to say, and, uh, and that's been my complaint from the beginning, he said. Now, Donald Trump on Tuesday, September 24th, 2019, that explanation was a sh sharp turn from remarks he made on Monday, just the day before, September 23rd, tying the freezing of funds to Ukraine's efforts to combat corruption. The reason why he, he, the reason why he withheld the money keeps changing from day to day. Quote, we want to make sure that we want to make sure that that 
uh, that country is honest. We want to make sure that country is honest. Trump told reporters just the day before on Monday, September uh, 23rd, quote, it's very important to talk about corruption. If you don't talk about corruption, why would you give money to a country that you think is corrupt, end quote. Now, Donald Trump is the wrong person to talk about corruption. We can talk about corruption. We can talk about his campaign manager turning over 75 pages of polling data to um, Konstantin Kalimnik, a uh, Russian oligarch. We talk about, uh, that, was, that was Paul Manafort, who's in prison right now. We can talk about his uh, uh, former attorney, Michael Cohen, who's in prison right now. And Michael Cohen uh, was involved in campaign finance fraud uh, uh, when, it, when it came to orchestrating the payments to Stormy Daniels to keep quiet the affair that she was having with Trump. And Trump is in the White House writing out checks to pay back the money to uh, Michael Cohen. That's a, that's a felony. That's a campaign finance law violation, all right? So if we want to talk about corruption, we can talk about corruption, but Donald Trump is the wrong person to talk about we want to stamp out corruption because we would have to get rid of you, Pence, and basically your entire administration. This is the most corrupt administration that, we, that we've seen. Okay, so on Monday, September 23rd, Washington Post and other media outlets reported that Donald Trump instructed his acting chief of staff to place a hold on about $400 million in military aid for, uh, for Ukraine in the days before the late July phone call with uh, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. The White House labeled the reporting as untrue. But in the weeks before the existence of the whistleblower complaint uh, became public knowledge, in the weeks before the existence of the whistleblower complaint became public knowledge, the Trump administration froze the military aid to Ukraine for unclear reasons. Then, just before Democrats revealed the existence of the whistleblower complaint, the administration released the hold on the aid. And I'd been hearing, uh, weeks leading up to this, I'd been hearing about the money that was allocated for the Ukraine. Uh, we know that in 2014, Russia annexed Crimea from the Ukraine, invaded the Ukraine, annexed Crimea, which is why Russia was kicked out of the G8, okay? So when we have Donald Trump advocating for Russia to come back into the G8, the reason why is because Trump is a, uh, is a puppet for Vladimir Putin. This is what this is about. Now, the administration put on hold, the Trump administration put on hold the money during the week of July 18th. July 18, 2019, one week, one week prior to Donald Trump's phone call with, Vlad, with Vladimir Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine. Two administration officials told NBC News on Tuesday, September 24, 2019. The administration official who, who directed the State Department to withhold the Ukrainian aid was acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney, Mick Mulvaney, according to a senior Democratic aide brief last week by the State Department. All right. Now, let's look at. Uh, so this was from the. This is a second article from NBC News. Trump says he will. Trump says he will release a transcript of call with Ukraine president. OK, from September 24, 2019. Trump says he will release a transcript of call with Ukraine president. All right. So. Let's go back to the main article here. Nancy Pelosi announces formal impeachment inquiry. And we'll post the links to all these articles here for you. Just give me a minute. Um, African-American business owners also post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Email us at customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com. Customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. All right. So 
Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who for months resisted efforts to launch impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump, the uh, traitor in chief, Donald Trump, and also the hashtag impeach the MF is trending also on Twitter. Uh, Nancy Pelosi announced a formal inquiry on Tuesday saying that the that Donald Trump's, because I don't call him president, Donald Trump's uh, growing Ukraine scandal marked a, quote, breach of his constitutional responsibilities, breach of his constitutional responsibilities. Quote, this week, the, uh, the, uh, the president, her words, not mine, has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically, Nancy Pelosi said. She went on to say, quote, the actions of Trump of the Trump presidency reveal the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our, of our natural uh, national security and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today I am announcing the House of Representatives is moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. Now, Nancy Pelosi said she was formally directing the, the uh, House of Representatives six committees, six committees that have jurisdiction over impeach, impeachment, oversight, and other related matters to, quote, proceed with their investigations under the umbrella, end quote. So um, some of those committees include uh, the House Finance Committee chaired by Representative Maxine Waters, the House Oversight Committee chaired by um, Representative uh, Elijah Cummings, the House Intelligence Committee chaired by uh, Representative Adam Schiff, Okay, uh, the House Judiciary Committee chaired by Representative uh, Jerry Nadler. Now, uh, Nancy Pelosi's change of heart comes as dozens of House Democrats. Uh, oh, let me back up. Let's see here. Um, Nancy Pelosi went on to say, quote, the president must be held accountable. Okay, the president must be held accountable. No one is above the law, end quote. And that phrase, no one is above the law. See, that comes from Watergate. Uh, uh, the Watergate investigation. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Now, Nancy Pelosi's change of heart comes as dozens of House Democrats, now more than two thirds of the caucus, have come out in support of an impeachment inquiry in the wake of uh, reports that Trump may have withheld aid to uh, Ukraine to pressure officials there to investigate the son of political rival Joe Biden. All right. Now, Trump is throwing around these allegations about Biden, but there's absolutely no evidence to 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 verify Trump's allegations, even on Fox News. Shepard Smith on Fox News has said this also. All right. So all of this is happening just in the just. Well, this is exploded today, but just in the last 48, 72 hours, all of this has just escalated. Now, the impeachment drive follows days a revelation surrounding Trump's apparent push to have the Ukrainian government investigate the former vice president's son, Hunter Biden, who had business dealings in the, in the country, in uh, Ukraine. On Monday, the Washington Post and other media outlets reported that Donald Trump instructed his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, to uh, place a hold on, on about $400 million, it was $391 million, in military aid for Ukraine in the days before a late uh, July 2019 phone call with Ukrainian President uh, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Now, Trump's respond responded on Twitter 
within moments of Nancy Pelosi's announcement calling it, quote unquote, witch hunt garbage, witch hunt garbage. I get, I bet you Representative Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters and Elijah Cummings and Adam Schiff, I bet you they're going to find some more witches. Okay, you want to call this a witch hunt? I bet you they're going to find some more witches. Trump went on to say they never even saw the transcript of the call, a total witch hunt, he wrote. Um, so he was fuming. RawStory.com has an article about this. We posted this uh, on, on our fan page, the African History Network. Trump explodes after Pelosi backs impeachment. She had to ruin my important day. It's always about him. She had to ruin my important day. It's not about standing up for the Constitution. It's not because Trump, Members of the House of Representatives, regardless of whether they're Democrat or Republican or Independent, and members of the U.S. Senate, Senators in U.S. Senate, they all took an oath to defend the Constitution against enemies, both foreign and domestic. Well, you got one at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So what are you going to do? Trump tweeted at uh, 5.08 p.m. Eastern Standard Time after... Nancy Pelosi announced uh, a formal impeachment inquiry. Such an important day at the United Nations. So much work and so much success. And the Democrats purposely had to ruin and demean it with more breaking news, witch hunt garbage. So bad for our country. Uh, he went on to tweet at 5.11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff, and others, Maxine Waters. Uh, can you believe this? Uh, then he uh, tweeted, they never even saw the transcript of the call, a total witch hunt. Well, the, all this is not just because of that with Ukraine. It's about all this other stuff that has been building, okay? So it's not just that with the Ukraine. Um, so earlier, Donald Trump told reporters that an impeachment inquiry would help him in the 2020 election, but would harm the country. It ain't going to help him in the 2020 election. Now, Democrat, if you go back and listen to my broadcast where well, I've been breaking this stuff down, Democrats had to file, a, Democrats had to open a formal uh, impeachment inquiry for a number of reasons, okay? One of them is, is, is as, as corrupt as Trump is, okay? And all we have to do, we can look at the, we can look at the Mueller report, okay? So you want to make sure you read the Mueller report, all right? Uh, we look at 10 uh, instances in, in, in uh, volume two of the Mueller report, which deals with obstruction of justice, 10 instances of obstruction of justice. Um, but we, we look at the fact that if Democrats did not have a formal impeachment inquiry, in 2020, Trump would run and say, if I did anything wrong, why didn't Democrats impeach me? If I did anything wrong, why, would Democrats, why, why didn't Democrats impeach me? But this is not about the 2020 election. This is not about the 2016 election. This is about standing up for the Constitution. This is about holding a, uh, a, a rogue, corrupt president accountable. This is about the Article II powers of the uh, U.S. House of Representatives, okay, Article II, Section 4, which gives them uh, the impeachment, uh, uh, the powers of impeachment. This is about the Article I powers of the Constitution. Uh, that gives the House of Representatives the, the uh, uh, powers of oversight, okay? The, the U.S. House of Representatives, as well as the U.S. Senate, are co-equal branches of government. They, they don't work for Trump. They're not subjects of the king. They are co-equal branches of government. If they did not file, if they did not have a formal impeachment inquiry of Trump, then what would happen is 10 years, 15, 20 years from now, you would have a, a, a president that's even more corrupt than Trump, even more blatant than Trump, cons committing conspiracy out in the open, just like Trump, 
And when the House of Representatives tried to impeach that president based upon their Article II powers, then that president will say, well, wait a second, when Democrats were in control of the House of Representatives, they didn't try to impeach Donald Trump. Okay, so why are you trying to impeach me? So this has wide ranging ramifications. This is not about the 2020 election. Okay, and, and quite frankly, I've been calling for uh, Democrats to uh, uh, start the formal impeachment process long before now. Okay, before, uh, uh, before the Mueller report came out, I was saying they need to do it. After the Mueller report came out, I said they need to do it. You go back and listen to my shows, watch my Facebook live broadcast on the African History Network or Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P on YouTube. You see, I've been, you see, I've been saying this. Okay, so uh, earlier, Trump told reporters that an impeachment inquiry would help him in the 2020 election, but will harm the country. No, it's not going to help him. The reason why is, is because they're going to be televised hearings dealing with this impeachment inquiry. They're going to be witnesses called. All this information is going to come out and is going to damage Trump in 2020. It's not going to help him at all. It's going to damage him in 2020. Quote, if she does, if she does that, uh, if she does that, they all say that's a positive for me in the election. Who is the they all say that that you're referring to? Where are they? What are their names? Who who is the, the, I mean, you may find five people. Who 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 is they all say this? You could also say who needs it. It's bad for the country, Trump said. Now, top Republicans expressed frustration at Nancy Pelosi's move. Quote, Washington Democrats have uh, been searching for ways to reverse their 2016 election defeat since uh, uh, since before Donald Trump was even inaugurated, said uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. That's Moscow Mitch McConnell, okay, who's a traitor also. Moscow Mitch McConnell, 37% approval rating in Kentucky. He's up for re-election in 2020. You can't get, now, now, so pay attention to this, right? The House of Representatives since January 3rd, 2019 has passed about 300 pieces of legislation. Most of them go to the Senate and die in the Senate. Either they get voted down or they don't even get voted on in the Senate. There's somewhere only between maybe about 40 to 50 bills that have been actually signed in the law by Trump that have passed the House and the Senate because they keep, uh, they keep getting blocked in the Senate. So we have to organize and vote Mitch McConnell out of office. It's up to the people in Kentucky, but we got to organize with the people in Kentucky to vote Mitch McConnell out of office. You can't get you can't get things done in the Senate and get bills signed in the law with Mitch McConnell uh, as Senate Majority Leader because no bill can come to the Senate floor for debate. No bill can come to the Senate floor for a vote without Mitch McConnell's approval. Okay, it's as simple as that. You got one little troll holding up all these bills. All right, now, um, there was an article, there was an article from uh, abcnews.com. And uh, listen for everything. What was that, New York Mag? There was an article I saw that dealt with all the bills that had been signed into law. That's not it. Uh, all laws and executive orders. That's not it. Trump has signed twice. Uh, that's not it. Okay, I'll try to find that. Um, I think it was abcnews.com. And 
And this dealt with bills that had passed the House and the Senate and uh, Trump signed in the law. Okay, I'll try to find that later. Hold on, let me do a quick Google search. Bills Trump signed in the law. I thought I had it bookmarked. Okay. I have, to, I have to find that later and post it. Uh, try to post that. Oh, let's see. Here's a full dispatch. That's his executive orders. Yeah, halfway through. Okay, yeah. Um, there was one from uh, abcnews.com. Y'all was right. abcnews.com. This was last updated January 10th. This came out January 10th, 2019. I'd have to do more research at govtrack.us. GovTrack.us is a website where you can track all the bills in the House of Representatives in the U.S. Senate, okay? Because that's what I use to track the bills, read about the bills, et cetera. G-O-V-T-R-A-C-K. See, most African-Americans don't know about this, okay? This is why we don't understand principles of political self-defense, and we don't understand how to leverage our economics to enforce our politics. Go to GovTrack.us. You can, you can read the bills that have passed the House of Representatives. You can look at the bills that have passed the Senate. And then you can uh, search for the bills that Trump has actually signed in the law. Now, as, as of January 10th, 2019, there were only, uh, let me see, let's do it. Let me see, is that, is that the right one? All right, that ain't, that's not even the right one I'm looking for. Okay, I'll have to find it later. I thought that was it. I, I've looked at it before, but I just got thousands of articles, so I got to come back to that. But it was something like close to 40 uh, last time I looked. All right. Okay, yeah, govtrack.us, www.govtrack.us. Okay, that's where you track the bills that are in Congress. All right, let's continue here. Let's go back to the article. Uh, Nancy Pelosi um, announces a formal impeachment inquiry. Okay, so we heard from uh, Moscow Mitch McConnell. All right. And then also uh, today they took the vote in the U.S. Uh, Senate to uh, request the transcript of the um, what was it? The uh, it's done with the whistleblower. Uh, let me see here. Which one was that? And that and that was unanimous vote. Um, Let me see, I'll try to pull that up also, because I saw that story as well. This is a um, very fluid story, and it's developing hour by hour, but we'll, uh, I'll, I'll look at that as well. Okay, so, uh, quote, the, re uh, the result has been a two-and-a-half-year impeachment parade in, in search of a rationale when, uh, when investigations by Special Counsel Mueller and the, and the uh, Senate Select Committee on Intelligence deflated their breath breathless accusations of a 
campaign conspiracy with Russia, Democrats have simply shifted to new arguments for their predetermined uh, uh, conclusion. Okay, so this is uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell, who who apparently now see most Republicans haven't read the Mueller report because if you actually read the Mueller report, and if these were accusations leveled at uh, President Barack Obama, oh, he would have been impeached a long time ago and removed from office. All right. So obviously they haven't met the, read the Mueller report and most Republicans in the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate have not read the Mueller report. Um, OK, so they got some other simple Simon as a Republican speaking here. So I'm not going to waste time with that nonsense. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so as of Tuesday afternoon, more than 175 Democrats supported some type of impeachment action. More than three quarters of the 235 member, uh, more than two, more than three quarters of the 235 member caucus. Okay, the 235 uh, Democrats that are members of the um, U.S. House of Representatives. And it's uh, actually now it is like about 200 and. Uh, something like 202 203 right now all right so an op-ed article by seven freshman democrats in the washington post calling for impeachment hearings to address allegations about trump and ukraine had been expected to give nancy pelosi the cover she needed to back a more formal impeachment proceeding against Donald Trump, three sources familiar with the matter told NBC News on Monday night. That op-ed article in the Washington Post dropped Monday night, September 23rd, 2019. And it sent ripples all throughout the news media. They talked about it on CNN, MSNBC. I'm sure they talked about it on, on Fox News, okay? And, and, and that one right there, because there were, um, there were, um, these were freshman Democrats in the House of Representatives, and some of them won in swing states, states that, or, or districts, swing districts, districts that had voted for Donald Trump in 2016, okay? So Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, uh, told reporters Tuesday afternoon that he felt Nancy Pelosi was handling the situation appropriately. The late July 2019 discussion between Trump and uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky, president of the Ukraine, has been scrutinized following a whistleblower complaint by a member of the U.S. intelligence committee, uh, a community, U.S. intelligence community, that media reports said was tied to the call between the two leaders. The, the White House is uh, preparing to turn over the whistleblower complaint by this Thursday, according to a senior administration official. The official tells NBC News the complaint will undergo a classification review and be provided uh, to Congress by Thursday. Now, over, over the weekend, Trump admitted he discussed um, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden, a possible uh, 2020 challenger with uh, Ukraine, Ukrainian President uh, Vladimir Zelensky. On Tuesday, September 24, 2019, he said he would release the transcript of the call and confirm, confirmed reports that his administration temporarily froze almost $400 million in aid to Ukraine. But he gave a new reason for doing so. He said he wanted European countries to contribute money to TOO and did not want the United States to do so alone. Okay, so as I said, his story keeps changing. And usually when somebody is guilty, 
the story keeps changing, all right? So uh, the story I was looking for from NBC News uh, and is reported by uh, MSNBC, let's see, uh, GOP-led Senate unanimously passes resolution saying Trump should release whistleblower complaint, all right? And uh, that's, uh, that was uh, a segment from MSNBC.com, but they have it on NBC News uh, Facebook page. Senate unanim unanimously passes resolution calling for whistleblower complaint to be transmitted to the House and Senate Intel uh, committees, all right? Okay, now, let me post, let me give you the link here to this article here from uh, NBC News. How's everybody doing? How long does it take to get impeached? There's no set time limit on how long it takes to get impeached. There's no, there's no set time uh, for that. All right. Just a second. Let me go to um, what is an impeachment inquiry. So I've talked about that. I did a broadcast a few months ago back in, I think it was about May, back in about May of 2019, early June, dealing with the impeachment process, how impeachment works, what is an impeachment inquiry, okay? Because unfortunately, since civics has been taken out of school, and unfortunately since... Uh, a lot of our people don't understand history. We don't understand any of this. So let me go back over here. Okay, how's everybody doing? Kim King, Levita, uh, Jarvis, Aisha, Gigi. Uh, okay, Adrian, how's everybody doing? Also, if you like this type of information, you can donate to the African History Network, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. It helps us to keep doing the research, uh, stay on the air, do my Sunday night show. Helps to uh, cover travel expenses when I have to travel to speak at different events. Uh, helps us pay the bills, etc. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show or at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right. Also, I'll be speaking at the All Black National Convention um, the weekend of September 27th, Friday, September 27th through September 29th in Houston, Texas. Visit allblacknationalconvention.com, allblacknationalconvention.com for more information. That's Dr. Boyce Watkins and uh, allblacknationalconvention.com. I am on the panel discussion uh, Sunday morning, 9.45 a.m., dealing with what? Power and politics. Power and politics in the African-American community. All Black National Convention uh dot com okay you can order you get your tickets there and i'll have my dvds there also okay all right so let's look at this here uh new york times had a good article from may 30th 2019 how impeachment works and what you need to know about it how impeachment works and what you need to know about it all right so um i'm going to uh give you an overview of this and you can read it for you uh, you can read it in its entirety but they talk about uh, what is impeachment, okay? So the U.S. Constitution permits Congress to remove uh, presidents before uh, their terms are up, and uh, before their terms are up, if enough lawmakers vote to say they committed, quote, treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors, okay? now. The misdemeanors they're talking about, they don't have to be 
what would be considered a misdemeanor in um, for the for a civilian for uh, for the average person. Okay, that's not what they're talking about. It also deals with uh, things that will uh, be smirched or things that are unbecoming for a president. Okay, it could deal with abuse of power. It doesn't. It, it doesn't have to be something that would be considered. Uh, a crime for the everyday person, all right? And a lot of this is up to the House of Representatives to determine what rises to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. All right, so if we look at Article 2, uh, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, and you can go to uh, loc.gov, which is the Library of Congress website, uh, loc.gov, which is the Library of Congress website, and read the Constitution for yourself. Uh, or you can go to archives.gov, which is the National Archives, okay? Okay, so LaVita said, uh, uh, I really don't think Trump will be removed. Trump doesn't have to be removed. This is what people don't understand when you don't understand history. Richard Nixon was forced to resign from office. Richard Nixon was not put on trial in the U.S. Senate. A president don't have to be removed from office. You got to understand how this works. The reason why Nixon resigned from office is because the evidence came out to show how corrupt he was. So after he, after, uh, he was taken to uh, court and it was ruled by the U.S. Supreme Court, he had to turn over the Nixon tapes. It was like five days after that, he was forced to resign from office. Why? Because, the, because Senate Republicans went to him and said, we've seen the evidence against you. And if this goes to trial in the U.S. Senate, you're going to be found guilty. So what did he do? He resigned from office. Because, because of the Watergate hearings, all the information came out. Now, when you study Richard Nixon, you know that before the Watergate hearing started, Nixon was reelected to a second term in November 1973. Nixon was very popular. He had like a 65% approval rating. But what happened? By the end of the, by, by the, end of the Watergate hearings, his approval rating was like 19 or 20% because people got to hear from the witnesses. This was televised. Everybody was watching this. They heard from White House counsel uh, uh, John Dean, okay? They, 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 they heard from the witnesses and it became clear of the cover-up that was taking place. Nixon used, tried to use the CIA to get the FBI to back off of the Watergate investigation. So all the information came out. Information about the uh, uh, about the, uh, the 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 break-in that took place June seventeenth, nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy-two, at the water at the Watergate uh, uh, complex, and uh, the the bugging of the the, the attempt to uh, bug the uh, phone lines at the uh, uh, Democratic uh, uh, Democratic office. All of this stuff came out. Nixon was forced to resign from office. He was not put on trial. Articles of impeachment were drawn up against Nixon in the House of Representatives. First article of impeachment was abuse of power. Oh, sorry. First article of impeachment was obstruction of justice. Second article of impeachment was abuse of power. Third article of impeachment was a contempt of court. Uh, sorry, contempt of Congress. Contempt of Congress. All this applies to Trump. But Nick, but but Nixon was not put on trial in the U.S. Senate. The Senate did not vote to remove him because he resigned before he even got to that point. This is what people don't understand. This is why I told people in January 2017, Donald Trump is going to be forced to resign from office. And I said Donald Trump would be impeached, but not removed from office. Okay, 
he'd be impeaching the House of Representatives because I'm looking at what's taking place. And this is at a time when I predicted this would happen. This was at a time, if you go back to January 2017, this is before the, the November 2018 midterm elections. So who was in control of the House of Representatives? Republicans. Who was in control of the U.S. Senate? Republicans. And then who was in control of the White House? Donald Trump, Republican. I said then what was going to happen. When you understand history, you can predict the future. This is what I'm telling you. This is what's going to happen here. If you understand Watergate, you see all this stuff. You see all this stuff as history repeating itself. All right. So let's look at uh, Article 2, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, okay? Now, a U.S. Supreme Court justice like Brett Kavanaugh, they can be impeached as well. Even though it is a lifetime appointment, they can be impeached also. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States, okay? So, and then, uh, to understand treason, you have to look at Article 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution, because what Trump says is treason is not treason, right? Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or in confession or in confession uh, oh, sorry, or on confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but no attainment of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person attained. All right. So basically treason is giving aid and comfort to uh, a enemy of the U.S. in a time of war. But when they're talking about in a time of war, they're talking about a war declared by the Congress because Congress has the power to formally declare war. All right. So this is why we have to understand the U.S. Constitution. And also Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution tells you that the U.S. Constitution, all the previous laws and all of the subsequent laws are the supreme law of the land. All right. But we don't. We, so to un, we have to read. We have to understand the Constitution to understand law. Because when a law is contested in court, it's contested on the fact of it not being constitutional. Well, if you don't understand the Constitution, how, how do you understand whether the law is constitutional or not? All right, so let's continue here. So go to archives.gov or um, loc.gov, Library of Congress website, all right? All right, let's continue. Um, so what is uh, an impeachment? So the Constitution permits Congress to remove presidents uh, before their terms or, it, or up uh, before their terms are up if enough lawmakers vote to say that they uh, committed, quote, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And let me find where this is here. Okay. Now, the House of Representatives can impeach a president, which is like an indictment, um, by a simple majority vote, okay? So an impeachment is a formal filing of charges, all right? A simple majority vote. Now, there are 435 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives, 
It takes 218 votes to get any bill passed in the House of Representatives. It takes 218 votes to, um, when they take a formal vote for impeachment amongst all of the members, it takes 218 votes to uh, impeach a president. Now, that impeachment would, uh, that could start the, if they take that vote, it doesn't mean articles of impeachment would be filed then. It means that they would start a formal impeachment inquiry in the House Judiciary Committee. They can start a formal impeachment inquiry in the House Judiciary Committee without taking the formal vote on the floor of the House of Representatives. They don't have to do that because that's what happened with Watergate. They, they don't have to take a formal vote of all of the members of the House of Representatives to start the impeachment process, okay? Um, so, so we have to understand that. All right, now, and then let's see, where we at here? Last time I checked, it was like 203. Uh, let's go to New York Times. What are we up to now? So, I mean, this has increased by at least 40 uh, members of the House of Representatives, most of them Democrats, since yesterday, okay? So we're at 233, uh, 233 representatives uh, support an impeachment inquiry, 88 no, or either 88 are either saying no, not now, or undecided. 144 have not responded yet, okay? Wonder what they're waiting on to respond. Maybe they're busy or something, you know? All right, so uh, after the trial in the U.S. Senate, two-thirds of the upper chamber, which is the U.S. Senate, U.S. Senate is the upper chamber of Congress, um, the House of Representatives is the lower chamber. After, after a trial in the U.S. Senate, two-thirds of the upper chamber would have to vote to convict to remove the president, okay? It don't have to get to that. It don't have to get to that. Trump is losing his mind. He's cracking under the pressure. There are about 60 congressional investigations right now, okay? Things just got, things just got taken to a whole nother level today. All right. So they're about to wear his behind out. And, you know, I mean, they're about to give him a political enema because all this sugar, honey, iced tea is about to come out. Now, only three presidents have been subjected to impeachment proceedings. Two were impeached by the House of Representatives, but acquitted by the U.S. Senate. Andrew Johnson in 1868 and Bill Clinton in 1998 and 1999. A third Richard Nixon resigned in 1974 to avoid being impeached, to avoid being put on trial in the U.S. Senate, okay, and being found guilty, Richard Nixon resigned from office. And keep in mind, he was more, Richard Nixon was more popular than Donald Trump was, than Donald Trump is. Richard Nixon had a higher approval rating and was reelected to a second term and still was forced to resign from office. Now, what is an impeachment inquiry? What is an impeachment inquiry? So before the House of Representatives decides whether to impeach a president, the House Judiciary Committee first can hold hearings to investigate whether that step is warranted. This can include calling witnesses, collecting documents, and debating whether the behavior in question constitutes an impeachable offense, whether the behavior in question constitutes an impeachable offense, which the Constitution only ambiguously defines, okay? The, so impeachment is not a legal process. It's not in, like, in the criminal justice system, impeachment. 
it's a political process that only takes place in the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. It doesn't, it, it doesn't take place in the U.S. Supreme Court, okay? It doesn't take place in federal court, anything like this. So when Trump says something stupid, like uh, impeachment won't happen because the U.S. Supreme Court won't allow it, this, I mean, you know, it's like, dude, come on. You've never read the U.S. Constitution, obviously, okay? All right, so before the House decides whether to impeach a president, the House Judiciary Committee first can hold hearings to investigate whether that step is warranted, all right? Um, this can include calling witnesses, collecting documents, and debating whether the behavior in question constitutes an impeachable offense which the Constitution only ambiguously defines. The inquiry or impeachment inquiry would culminate in the panel either uh, voting to recommend that the full House of Representatives approve one or more articles of impeachment or deciding not to make any such recommendation. Now, what is the process for opening an impeachment inquiry? So the full House uh, of Representatives voted for resolutions directing the House Judiciary Committee to open the inquiries into Richard Nixon and uh, uh, Bill Clinton. But it is not clear whether that step is, step is strictly necessary because impeachment proceedings against other officials like a former federal district uh, court judge in 1989 began at the committee level, congressional aides say. Uh, now, with Nixon, I think that started in the House Judiciary Committee before it went to a formal vote in the uh, uh, U.S. House of Representatives. I think he started initially with an impeachment inquiry in the uh, House Judiciary Committee. Now, in 1998, President Bill Clinton resolution granted the House Judiciary Committee certain powers to subpoena uh, for documents and testimony. Since then, however, House of Representative rules have been changed to enhance the subpoena powers of Representative Gerald Na uh, Nadler, or Jerry Nadler, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, so, so that step may now be redundant, okay? Since, let me repeat this. In 1998, uh, the uh, President Bill Clinton resolution granted the House, Judici House Judiciary Committee certain powers to subpoena for documents and testimony. Since then, however, House rules have been changed to enhance the subpoena powers of Representative Jerry Nadler, who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. So, so that step may be redundant, all right? Now, what we have to understand is the reason why Nancy Pelosi, who I disagree with on some things, they should have already started the impeachment process on Trump. You go back and listen to my shows, going back to May, going back to June, I said, you need to start the impeachment process now. You need to start it now. You don't wait for uh, the majority of Americans to tell you it's okay for you to do your damn job. You took an oath to defend the Constitution against enemies, both foreign and domestic. All right. You you got more information than the average uh, U.S. citizen. You you know more about how this works, more about the law, more about the evidence. You don't most most Americans haven't read the Constitution, don't understand none of this stuff. So why are you waiting on low information voters to tell you it's OK for you to do your job? 
No, you have it backwards. You make the argument, you make the case, and you provide the evidence to them to bring them to the level where they should be. You don't wait for them to give you permission to do your job. That's ridiculous. So uh, the question the question matters because uh, going back to uh, uh, the change in the House Judiciary rules, the change in House Representative rules that have been changed to enhance the subpoena powers of uh, the House Judiciary Committee. The question matters because at this stage, vulnerable Democrats in swing districts may prefer to avoid taking a public stand on the issue. So that damn broke uh, on Monday, uh, September 23rd, 2019, with the op-ed article from seven uh, freshman uh, Democratic members of the House of Representatives. Okay, so now some of these uh, Democrats who won in sing swing districts, districts that uh, voted for Trump in 2016, but Democrats won in midterm elections in 2018. Now some of them have come out in support of starting an impeachment inquiry. So all of this is taking place because African-Americans, because other people, Hispanics, white Americans, voted in midterm elections, and it was a referendum on Donald Trump. You had uh, uh, middle-class suburban housewives who voted against Trump also. Some of them white voted against Trump. Democrats took back control of the House of Representatives, and because they're in control of the House of Representatives, then they can they control the impeachment process. They control all the committees in in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives, and Nancy Pelosi uh, was voted as Speaker of the House of Representatives. So she controls the House of Representatives, and this is why Trump had to postpone his uh, State of the Union address because she would not let him come into the House of Representatives and give his address because she controls the House of Representatives. She, she, she has more testicular fortitude than Representative Paul Ryan, who was just a minion, a lackey of Donald Trump, had no backbone whatsoever when, when Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. All right, so the question matters because at this stage, vulnerable Democrats in swing districts may prefer to avoid taking a public stand on the issue. All right, now remember, this article came out May 30th, 2019. On the other hand, the committee may not want to test whether it can open a presidential impeachment inquiry without a House vote because that would give Donald Trump's lawyers another argument to make in any court battles over Democratic subpoenas, okay? That's going out the window. They did it today, all right? So what would an inquiry, an impeachment inquiry strengthen why, why would an impeachment inquiry strengthen the House of Representatives' hand in getting information about the Trump administration? So there is broad agreement that an open impeachment inquiry could help the House Judiciary Committee argue that it has a right to information otherwise protected by grand jury secrecy rules, okay? So it was strategic dealing with getting the information necessary it was strategic to make this formal announcement of a, of a, a House impeachment inquiry, even though one was really already underway in the House Judiciary Committee, okay? But it, it was not formally stated by the Speaker of the House of Representatives. 
That information includes certain portions of the Mueller report that Attorney General William Barr blacked out, redacted, okay? As well as underlying evidence like transcripts of witness testimony before a grand jury. Now, the United States of Appeals, uh, the, the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia recently issued a ruling that put forward a narrow view of when courts may let outsiders, like members of Congress, see grand jury information. Uh, the decision's reasoning uh, called into question how it had been legal for the court back in 1974 to permit the grand jury investigating the Watergate scandal to share its evidence with the House Judiciary Committee. Let me repeat that. The decisions, the, the, the decisions reasoning called into question how it had been legal for the court back in 1974 during the Watergate hearings to permit the grand jury investigating the Watergate scandal to share its evidence with the House Judiciary Committee. But rather than overruling that precedent, precedent to precede, not preside, precedent, okay? Not president, precedent. But rather than overruling that precedent, the court decided the sharing of information could be interpreted as falling under an exception in the rules that permits such sharing when it is needed for judicial proceedings. And impeachment proceedings are like a judicial process. Now, under that logic, if there was an impeachment inquiry opened against Donald Trump, the House Judiciary Committee could invoke the Nixon era precedent as a legal basis to ask a judge to let it see Robert Mueller's grand jury evidence, okay? So filing, so opening up a formal impeachment inquiry gives the House Judiciary Committee more leverage to get certain types of information. Here's the, uh, so let me post a link here to this article for you all. This is from the New York Times. Um, this is from, uh, May 30th, 2019. I did a broadcast back then dealing with what is impeachment and all of that, but I'm doing this again tonight or today, I'm doing this again today, because this is necessary. Because we don't we don't understand, most of us don't understand any of that. I, I, I travel across the country, you know, I'm on the, I'm on, I'm on the Black Agenda Tour with uh, Michi X and others. Uh, we'll be in, let's see, October 12th, we'll be in Oakland, California, the weekend of October 12th. So uh, I'll be speaking there with them. And I do uh, a presentation, Six Principles of Political Self-Defense, How Laws and Policies uh, Impact the Economic Conditions of African Americans. Okay, so I don't just study history, I also study politics as well as law. Okay, because all of this intersects. Okay, all of this intersects and you can't separate them. Um, and then, let's see, uh, then uh, the weekend, I think is October 26th, we are in uh, Washington, D.C. as well. Visit theblackagendaontour.com, theblackagendaontour.com uh, for more information and to uh, get tickets, all right? Uh, we have Hidden Colors 5 available at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. Uh, uh, Hidden Colors 5, uh, the Auto Black uh, Warfare. 
for each copy of 15 Colors 5 you purchase, you'll get three of my digital download uh, presentations uh, free with it, including Six Principles of Political Self-Defense. Um, so we post a link, uh, we posted the link here, and it's also at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, okay? Um, uh, let's see, okay. All right, we've got Barry, Sharifa, uh, Hania, Owens, no, okay. How you doing, Hania? All right, everybody share this broadcast on your Facebook page and, and on YouTube and uh, invite your friends to tune in as well. And then also, um, I forgot to tell you at the beginning, um, you can also register for my online course that I teach, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay. We do this Thursdays, 8 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, we do a thousands of years of history It's an eight week, 16 hour on It's actually going to be nine weeks, nine weeks, 16 hour online course. We do a thousands of years of history. So we posted a link there. It's also at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch it over and over again. Uh, it's regularly $130 on sale, $80. Okay. Um, okay, LaVita, thanks for sharing. LaVita, David, uh, this impeachment inquiry is long overdue. You ain't lying, brother. I've been calling, screaming for this, giving people the number to the uh, congressional switchboard. Uh, my member of, uh, of the House of Representatives, 14th Congressional District, Brenda Lawrence, she's already come out in support of an impeachment inquiry. I've been pulling my hair out saying, look, if you're not going to do your job, you shouldn't have a job. Okay, this is long overdue. All right. Um, let's see here. John Ray. Okay. Hey, John Ray, how you doing? Visit uh, workingwithjohnray.com, workingwithjohnray.com also. Hey, John Ray, I, I got to email you as well. Uh, Barry, there's somebody's comment I was trying to get to. Just give me a minute here because I'm, I'm on two laptops here. Um, I'm trying to find somebody's comment. This is okay. Gigi, who is this comment? Um, Maurice, how you doing, Maurice? When are you coming back to Chicago? I'm not sure. If you want me to uh, speak uh, in your city, email me at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We can make it happen. Because I live in Detroit, so Chicago's four hours away. So we can make it happen, okay? Email me at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right. Okay, Martel. Okay. <laughs> All right. You had to ask her about that one. Okay, let's continue here. What is an impeachment inquiry? All right, now, um, is there a broader argument than an impeach? Is there a broader argument that an impeachment inquiry would help? Is there a broader argument that an impeachment inquiry would help? Okay. Um, yes, but it is less concrete. Some Democrats, such as uh, Jerry Nadler, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, have argued that it would strengthen their case in, in coming court battles over the subpoenas that Donald Trump has vowed to ignore. OK, and they cite two reasons. Uh, one, uh, uh, Jerry Nadler on MSNBC uh, back in uh, back in May of 2019 said, quote, part of the rationale for that is if you are in court seeking to enforce subpoenas, you have better odds in court if you can say this is part of an impeachment inquiry 
rather than just part of your general oversight. Okay. Uh, end quote. Now, Okay, so you can check that out. Secondly, Democrats have expressed fears that the Trump administration might try to use lengthy court battles over congressional subpoenas to run off the clock, thwarting their ability to perform oversight before the 2020 election. However, an impeachment inquiry is so serious that it could help persuade judges at each stage in the appeals process to expedite their rulings. Now, All right, let's see. Okay, so you can read this in its entirety. I just want to give you that background because a lot of people don't understand uh, impeachment, uh, the impeachment process, and the impeachment inquiry. They, just, they think impeachment means removal from office. That's not what it means. All right, now let's go and uh, deal with some history here dealing with uh, Watergate, which is extremely, extremely, extremely important to understand what happened with the Watergate break-in that took place uh, June 17th, 1972, all right? June 17th, 1972. And while I wait on this to come up, you know, um, a lot of people are uh, trying to get back in shape. I've been working out as well. And one of the reasons why I've been working out, see, I was with my daughter yesterday. And when I, when I saw her, she ran to me with her arms open. My daughter's two years, seven months, it's daddy's little girl. And I'm working out now because I already know I'm going to have to fight the boys off. I can already see that. But that's a whole nother story. Okay. But uh, <laughs> um, the Fast Life 28-Day Challenge can help you get back in shape. Now, um, the Fast Life 28-Day Challenge is an online coaching, coaching program to help members tap into their, uh, their bodies of natural ability to repair itself via fasting. In this challenge, they focus on utilizing fasting, whole foods, and movement to improve metabolic conditions such as high blood pressure, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, fatty liver, and more. They also have uh, three coaches to help you in this 28-day uh, process, uh, and they have a secret Facebook group also. Visit their website tfl28.com stands for uh, the fast life 28 day challenge tfl28.com for more information and they should have a, a new uh, group starting up soon as well let them know you found out about this from the african history network now i'm serious i, I, I already see when we have at the playground little boys trying to talk to her you know <laughs> i already see that you know and and uh, you know i told i told you know I told her mother, I said, no, nah, I already see how things are going. And she said, oh, she's going to be a good girl. We don't have to worry about it. I said, hey, she ain't the one I'm worried about. I said, you ain't never been a horny little boy before. I have. I, I already know how it is. So, but that's another, <laughs> that's another conversation. Okay. <laughs> I already see how it is. <laughs> All right. I mean, you know, you know, the Comcast commercial where the girl is in, in, in a room in her bed and the boy try to climb in the window and the father comes in and said, I guess you're Steven's phone, right? That's going to be me. I already know how it's going to be. Okay. <laughs> that, that commercial is real life. Okay. <laughs> that's going to get, that's going to make a lot of fathers sign up for Comcast, uh, 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 internet service. Okay. <laughs> All right, but that's, <laughs> that's not what this broadcast is about. Okay, so let's look at some history of uh, Watergate, okay? Watergate break-in. All right, now, um, a June 1972, so uh, this is from history.com. History.com is the official website of the History Channel, all right? Um, a June 1972 
break-in to the Democratic National Committee headquarters led to an investigation that revealed multiple abuses, multiple abuses of power by the Richard Nixon administration. Now, this here with Trump, this is probably 20 times worse than Watergate. I mean, Trump makes Richard Nixon look like a, a, choir, a, a choir boy or a boy scout. All right, so the Watergate scandal began in early, uh, early in the morning of June 17, 1972, when several burglars were arrested in the office of the Democratic National Committee located in the Watergate complex of buildings in Washington, D.C. This was no ordinary uh, robbery. The prowlers were connected to uh, President Richard Nixon's reelection campaign, okay? And it was called, it was called Campaign to Reelect the President, also known as Creep. Campaign to Reelect the President, okay? <laughs> it was called Creep. <laughs> now, the prowlers were uh, connected to uh, President Richard Nixon's reelection campaign, and they had been caught wiretapping phones and stealing documents. Richard Nixon took aggressive steps to cover up the crimes, but when Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein revealed his role in the conspiracy, Richard Nixon resigned from office August 9, 1974, and became the first sitting U.S. president to resign from office. Prior to that, that had never happened in history. The Watergate scandal changed American politics forever, leading many Americans to question their leaders and think more critically about the presidency. Now, when we look at the Watergate break-in, the origins of the Watergate break-in lay in the hostile political climate of the time. By 1972, when Republican President Richard Nixon, who, who became president in 19, well, he won the presidency in 1968, who ran on the platform of law and order. Now, law and order means protect white people and lock up black people. He was a backlash to the civil rights movement, a backlash to the black power movement, a backlash to Executive Order 11246 signed in the law September 1965 by President uh, Lyndon Johnson, which we know as affirmative action. He was a backlash to the rebellions taking place all across the country. 1967 was known as the... Um, uh, in, in 1967, you had 159 uh, uh, violent uprisings in this country, all across the country, okay? The, uh, 1967 was known as the Long Hot Summer. USA Today uh, has an article, usatoday.com has an article about uh, Newark, New Jersey in the Long Hot Summer of 1967, okay? So Richard Nixon is a backlash to all of that, all right? Uh, so we have to understand this context, just as Donald Trump was a backlash to two terms of President Barack Obama. Nixon, uh, uh, Trump also ran partly on the platform of law and order as well. OK. And, and what Trump has done is taken a hands off approach to policing. All right. That's a whole nother, you know, uh, a whole nother topic. I do a, a lecture called African-American resistance in the era of Donald Trump. Voter suppression reparations and how elections have consequences. So the origins of the Watergate break-in lay in the hostile political climate of the time. By 1972, when Republican President Richard Nixon was running for re-election, the United States was embroiled in the Vietnam War and the country was deeply divided. A forceful presidential campaign, a forceful presidential campaign, therefore seemed essential to uh, the president and some of his key advisors. Their aggressive tactics tactics included what turned out to be illegal espionage, illegal espionage. In May of 1972, as evidence would later show, 
members of Richard Nixon's committee to reelect the president, committee to reelect the president, known derisively as creep, broke into the Democratic National Committee's Watergate headquarters, stole copies of top secret documents and bugged the office's phones. Okay, so then you look at, so what, when, when you look at the break-in of the Democratic National Committee in uh, 2016, okay, by two groups of Russian hackers uh, tied to Russian military, Russian military intelligence, they were saying, wait a second, this is like, this is like a high-tech Watergate break-in. That's what this is. All right, now, the wiretaps failed to work properly. However, so on June 17th, a group of five burglars returned to the Watergate building. All right, so what happened was they, um, they, they broke in previously in May, okay? They broke in previously, but the... Uh, when they bugged the offices, the wiretaps did not work properly, okay? In May of 1972, as evidence will later show, members of Richard Nixon's committee to reelect the president broke into the Democratic National Committee's Watergate headquarters, stole copies of top secret documents, and bugged the office's phones. That was in May of 1972. The bugs that they planted did not work properly, so they broke in again on June 17, 1972, okay? so. Uh, June 17th, 1972, a group of five burglars returned to the Watergate building as the prowlers were preparing to break into the office with a new microphone, a security guard noticed someone had taped over several of the building's door locks. The guard called the police who arrived just in time to catch them red handed. Okay. Now the thing that pisses me off about this article is that the guard's name was Frank, Frank Wills, okay, Frank Will. He was a 24-year-old African-American security guard. And they don't even mention his name in this article. He's the reason why the Watergate break-in was discovered, the, the, the June 17, 1972 Watergate break-in. The reason why it was discovered and the reason why Richard Nixon was forced to resign from office is because of this 24-year-old uh, African-American security guard, and they don't even mention his name in this article. I like history.com, but, but, that's, but you know, that's just disrespectful to do that, okay? So now you got people on MSNBC and CNN, you got people like uh, uh, Jill Weinbanks, and you got uh, uh, people like, um, uh, what's his name, I forgot. It's a former Watergate, um, prosecutor who who I like uh Nick Ackerman Nick Ackerman you got these people who are making money or at least getting FaceTime I don't know if they get paid or not to be on maybe they do maybe they don't if they're an MSNBC contributor usually they, they get paid but you've got them make uh getting no no getting fame or getting say getting uh publicity in some cases, making money from their expertise with Watergate, and they don't even mention who it was that discovered the Watergate break-in, okay? So if we look at this article here from the New York Times, see, Frank Wheel died back in September of 2000, and he died broke. He was 52 years old, Frank Wheels. Frank Wheels, 52, watchman, foiled Watergate break-in. This article is from September 29, 2000. New York Times, Frank Wills, the night watchman who discovered the 1972 Watergate burglary, 
which ultimately led to President Richard M. Nixon's resignation, died on Wednesday. He was 52 years old and lived in North Augusta, South Carolina. Frank Wills, who struggled with celebrity and joblessness after being held a hero, died at University Hospital in Augusta, Georgia. Friends told the Augusta Chronicle that he had suffered from a brain tumor. Now, you had people that went to prison like G. Gordon Liddy, okay? You had people that went to prison and John Ehrlichman, they go on to write books and go on the speaking circuit, do lectures, all types of stuff like this, make money, and they went to prison. They were involved in the Watergate cover-up. And here you have this brother who was the one who discovered the Watergate break-in and he ended up broke. Now, Frank Wills, a 24-year-old security guard at the Watergate office building in Washington, D.C., was working the midnight shift on June 17, 1972. June 17, 1972. He discovered tape over a lock on a basement door and thinking some worker had left it to make it easier to get in and out, he removed the tape. On another inspection round, he found the lock taped over again and called the police. They locked the doors, the police arrived, they locked the doors, turned off the elevators and started checking darkened offices, the offices that are closed and the lights out. About 2 a.m. at the sixth floor headquarters of the Democratic National Committee, they found five men, Bernard L. Barker, Virgilio Gonzalez, Eugenio Martinez, and James W. McCord Jr. and Frank Sturgis. As Frank Wills, a 24-year-old security guard, put it in a 1997 interview with the Florida Times Union, quote, when we turned the lights on, one person, then two persons, then three persons came out and on down the line, end quote. They, uh, uh, the, the five men were arrested for what Ronald L. Ziegler, Richard Nixon's press secretary, tried to dismiss as, quote, a third-rate burglar, a third-rate burglary, but it wasn't a burglary, it was a, the cover-up that brought Nixon down. It wasn't the burglary, it was the cover-up of the burglary that brought Nixon down. The White House saw to their uh, the White House saw to their being paid hush money. But after the men were convicted before Judge John J. Sirica, uh, S-I-R-I-C-A, the next January, which would have been January 1973. Mr. McCord began talking to prosecutors and told them that Richard Nixon's campaign committee, the Committee for the Re-Election of the President, Creep, had been behind the burglary. It was the Nixon campaign that was behind the burglary. Now, when White House tapes made it clear that Richard Nixon had played a central role in the cover-up effort and he was faced with impeachment and conviction, he resigned on August 9, 1974. Frank Wills, 24-year-old security guard, quit his job soon after the burglary was discovered, believing that he did not get the raise he deserved. As the cover-up was unraveling in 1974, he made a little money talking about his historic movement, I mean, his historic moment. But his appearances cost him jobs because he was away from work. Most of the jobs paid not much more than minimum wage, although he did better than that when he played himself in the 1976 movie about Richard Nixon's downfall called All the President's Men. Now, Frank Wills was convicted of shoplifting in 1983. For some years, he worked for the comedian Dick Gregory. 
ancestor Dick Gregory, who was promoting a diet product and lived in the Bahamas. He moved back to North Augusta, uh, North Augusta in 1990 to care for his mother, who died in 1992. He is survived by a daughter, uh, uh, Angel Brown of uh, Aiken, uh, Aiken, South Carolina, interviewed by the Washington Star News on the day Richard Nixon resigned. Frank Will said, quote, we treat the president like a king when he should be a man for all the people. We treat the president like a king when he should be a man for all the people. No man is above the law, including this traitor in chief at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, Frank Wills complained that in Richard Nixon's resignation speech the night before, because Nixon does a, a, a television, uh, uh, he does a, a, a television speech, a televised speech, August 8th, 1974, announcing he's going to resign from office the next day at 12 noon, August 9th, 1974, okay? Now, uh, Frank Wills complained that in Richard Nixon's resignation speech uh, the night before, uh, the president failed to describe his role in the cover-up. Frank Wills said, quote, I think he should have been a little more specific, end quote. Now, the Democratic National Committee gave Frank Wills an award that, uh, that fall, and Robert S. Strauss, uh, the chairman of the Democratic National Committee said he played, quote, a unique role in the history of the nation, end quote. At least you could have done is given them a job being a security guard or something. I mean, this brother, you got, you had people who were involved in the Watergate cover-up and went to prison, and they ended up better off than Frank Wills did, who discovered the Watergate breaking in the first place. But the most eloquent description of his role came when Representatives James Mann of South Carolina, a Democrat casting a difficult vote for impeachment on the House Judiciary Committee said on July 29th, 1974, quote, if there is no accountability, another president will feel free to do as he chooses, but the next time there may be no watchmen in the night. If there is no accountability, Another president will feel free to do as he chooses, but the next time there will be no watchmen in the night. That next president is Donald John Trump, the traitor in chief. Okay, so read this article here from uh, New York Times. This is from September 20th, September 29th, 2000. Frank Wills, 52, watchmen foiled Watergate break-in. This was uh, announcing the passing of uh, Frank Wills, okay? The, re the, reason why, the reason why Nixon resigned is because the impeachment process started in the House of Representatives. He was not put on, the impeachment is two, is, it takes place, it starts in the House of Representatives, it ends up in the Senate. The impeachment process started in the House of Representatives, the investigation, the hearings, all this stuff started in the House of Representatives. He was not put on trial in the Senate because he resigned before it got to that point because he knew how it was going to turn out. Okay. All right. This is why we have to study. This is why we have to study history because we don't understand history, law, U.S. Constitution, and none of this stuff. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Let's continue. How you doing, uh, John? How you doing, John? Uh, Cheryl Diatra. Okay. All right. Let's continue here. Let's go back to the article from uh, New York Times. I mean, not New York Times, history.com. Let me post a link here to the article from uh, New York Times, then with Frank Wills. Okay. So 
the wiretaps failed to work properly. However, so on June 17th, a group of five burglars returned to the Watergate building. Okay, as prowlers were preparing to break into the office with a new microphone, a security guard, Frank Wills, who's not mentioned in, by name in this article from history.com, noticed someone had taped over several of the building door uh, buildings uh, door locks. I think it was just one. I think they got that little detail wrong. Uh, uh, or maybe it was more than one door that's taped over. Anyway, the guard called the police who arrived just in time to catch them red handed. It was not it was not immediately clear that the burglars were connected to President Richard Nixon. Those suspicions were raised when detectives found copies of the reelection committee's White House phone number among the burglars' belongings. Okay? Now, in August, uh, August of 1972, Richard Nixon gave a speech in which he swore that his White House staff was not involved in the break-in. Most voters believed him. And in November 1972, uh, the president was reelected in a landslide victory. Okay, yeah, it was 1970, it was November 1972, he was reelected. Okay, so Nixon's obstruction of justice. Now, it later came to light that Richard Nixon was not being truthful, not being truthful. You think? A few days after the break in, for instance, he arranged to provide hundreds of thousands of dollars in hush money to the burglars. Oh, and who was it that arranged $130,000 in hush money to Stormy Daniels? Donald Trump via Michael Cohen. And Michael Cohen testified in front of Congress and told, and told all of it and then provided corroborating documentation. He provided a check that Donald Trump had written. He talked about how Donald Trump was in the White House writing a check that was hush money. That's a felony. That's a campaign finance law violation, which is a felony. It later came to light that Richard Nixon was not being truthful. A few days after the break-in, for instance, Richard Nixon arranged to provide hundreds of thousands of dollars in hush money to the burglars. Then Richard Nixon and his aides hatched a plan to instruct the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, to impede the FBI's investigation of the crime. That's called obstruction of justice. That's obstruction of justice, which was the first article of impeachment against Richard Nixon. This was a more serious crime than the break-in. The cover-up was more serious than the crime. It was an abuse of presidential power and a deliberate obstruction of justice. The second article of impeachment against Richard Nixon was abuse of power. Meanwhile, seven conspirators were indicted on charges related to the Watergate affair. At the urging of Richard Nixon's aides, at the, at the urging of Richard Nixon's aides, five pleaded guilty to avoid trial. The other two were convicted in January 1973. Now, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein were investigative reporters for the Washington Post. And these guys broke this story wide open. By that time, a growing handful of people, including Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, uh, tri uh, trial judge John J. Sirica, and members of a U.S. Senate investigating committee had begun to suspect that there was a larger scheme afoot. At the same time, some of the conspirators began to crack under the pressure of the cover-up. 
anonymous whistleblower Deep Throat provided key information to uh, Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward. A handful of Richard Nixon, a, a handful of Richard Nixon's aides, including White House Counsel John Dean, testified before a grand jury about the president's crimes. They also testified that Nixon had secretly taped every conversation that took place in the Oval Office. If prosecutors could get their hands on, on those tapes, they would have proof of the president's guilt, proof of Richard Nixon's guilt. And remember, uh, Michael Coyne secretly recorded Donald Trump. And some of those recordings, we don't even know what were on them. Richard Nixon struggled to protect the tapes during the summer and fall of 1973. His lawyers argued that the president's executive privilege allowed him to keep the tapes to himself, but Judge Sirica, the U.S. Senate Committee, and an independent special prosecutor named Archibald Cox were all determined to obtain them. So then you have the Saturday Night Massacre, which took place Saturday night, October 20th, 1973. Here's what happened. When Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox refused to stop demanding the Richard Nixon tapes, Richard Nixon ordered that he be fired, leading several Justice Department officials to resign in protest. These events would be called the Saturday Night Massacre. Eventually, Richard Nixon agreed to surrender some but not all of the tapes. Early in 1974, the cover-up and efforts to uh, impede the Watergate investigation began to unravel early in 1974. On March 1st of 1974, a grand jury appointed by a new special prosecutor indicted seven of Richard Nixon's former aides on various charges related to the Watergate affair. The jury, unsure if they could indict a sitting president, called Richard Nixon an unindicted co-conspirator. This is the same thing Donald Trump is called, an unindicted co-conspirator. In July of 1974, the Supreme Court ordered Richard Nixon to turn over the Nixon tapes. While the president dragged his feet, the House Judiciary Committee voted to impeach Richard Nixon for obstruction of justice, abuse of power, criminal cover-up, and several violations of the U.S. Constitution. One of them was a contempt of Congress, just like this traitor-in-chief is guilty of as well. So finally, on August 5th, 1974, Richard Nixon released the tapes which provided undeniable evidence of his complicity in the Watergate crimes. In the, face of almost in the face of almost certain impeachment by Congress in the, in, the, in the U.S. Senate, Nixon resigned in disgrace on August 8, 1974, and left the following day. Six weeks later, after Vice President Gerald Ford was sworn in as president, president Nixon, uh, Nixon was pardoned by Gerald Ford for any crimes he had committed while in office. Now, Gerald Ford was not Nixon's first vice president. See, Nixon's first vice president was a man named Spiro T. Agnew. Spiro T. Agnew had to resign from office as vice president eight months before Richard Nixon resigned because Spiro T. Agnew was hit with tax evasion charges and corruption charges, and he was vice president. You got to study this history. Okay, uh, let's see here. 
let's continue because there's another article I had dealing with Watergate. And okay, dealing with special, dealing with the special counsel, uh, special prosecutor, and uh, the this deals with the special prosecutor and the Saturday Night Massacre. Let me bring this up here. Yeah, there was another, because I've read a number of different articles here dealing with Watergate. This is how I knew what was going to happen with Trump. Okay, we'll come to that next. What is the Saturday Night Massacre? Because that's deep. So what Trump was doing, he was doing a slow rolling Saturday Night Massacre as he was pushing people out, as he's firing, as he fired uh, uh, FBI Director James Comey, as he antagonized and, and pushed out uh, uh, Deputy uh, FBI Director uh, Andrew McCabe, all this stuff. He was doing a slow rolling Saturday Night Massacre, but it's not going to work. He's still going down. Okay, uh, let's continue here. We'll go back to the uh, first article I was talking about from the from history.com, the official website of the History Channel. Watergate scandal. Watergate scandal. Okay, so uh, six weeks later, after Vice President Gerald Ford was sworn in as president, he pardoned Richard Nixon for any crimes he had committed while in office. Some of Richard Nixon's aides were not so lucky. They were convicted of very serious offenses and sent to federal prison. Richard Nixon's attorney general of the United States, John Mitchell, served 19 months in prison. This is attorney general. Okay, so uh, attorney general William Barr need to really think. You 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 really want to go down for Trump? You sure? Because we can go look at this previous attorney general that served 19 months in prison trying to protect a previous corrupt president. And Trump is much more corrupt than, than Richard Nixon was. Okay. Richard Nixon's attorney general of the United States, John Mitchell, served 19 months in prison for his role in the Watergate scandal. While Watergate mastermind G. Gordon Liddy, a former FBI agent, served four and a half years in prison. Richard Nixon's chief of staff, H.R. Alderman, Alderman, spent 19 months in prison. While John Ehrlichman, who was his national security advisor, I'm sorry, his domestic policy advisor, uh, domestic policy advisor, John Ehrlichman, he spent 18 months in prison for attempting to cover up the break-in. Richard Nixon himself never admitted to any criminal wrongdoing, though he did acknowledge, acknowledge using poor judgment. You think? No, you were a crook. His abuse of presidential power had a long-lasting effect on American political life, creating an atmosphere of cynicism and distrust. While many Americans had been deeply dismayed by the outcome of the Vietnam War and saddened by the assassinations of Robert F. Kennedy and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and other leaders, Watergate added further disappointment to a national climate already soured by the difficulties and losses of the previous decade. Okay, so that's a little some background historical information on the Watergate break-in and what led to Richard Nixon being forced to resign from office, okay? Uh, then if we look, so that's uh, that's from history.com, Watergate scandal, let's post a link here. Then if we look at uh, the other article from history.com, 
what was the Saturday Night Massacre? What was the Saturday Night Massacre? They go deeper into this, right? And let me see here. Okay, this is a short article. Um, one of the most controversial episodes of the Watergate scandal, the so-called Saturday Night Massacre on October 20th, 1973, when in battle, President Richard Nixon fired Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox and attempted the resignations of Attorney General Elliot Richardson and Deputy Attorney General General William uh, uh, Ruckelshaus. The massacre stemmed from an inquiry into the, the notorious June 1972 break-in at the Watergate complex, in which five uh, Nixon operatives were caught trying to bug the Democratic National Committee headquarters. Archibald Cox, who was a Harvard Law professor and former U.S. Solicitor General, was tapped to investigate the incident in May of 1973, just like Robert, Robert S. Mueller investigated, okay? Robert S. Mueller was the uh, uh, special counsel. All right, now, um, uh, Archibald Cox soon clashed with the White House over Richard Nixon's refusal to release over 10 hours of secret Oval Office recordings, some of which implicated Richard Nixon in the break-in. On October 20th, 1973, in an unprecedented show of executive power, Richard Nixon ordered Attorney General Elliot Richardson and Deputy Attorney General William uh, Ruckelshaus to fire Special Counsel, uh, 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 actually Special Prosecutor, uh, yeah, Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox, okay? He ordered them to fire him, all right? Now, both men refused. Both men refused to fire Special Prosecutor uh, Archibald Cox, and they resigned from their post in protest. The role of Attorney General then fell to Solicitor General Robert Bork, who reluctantly complied with Richard Nixon's request and fired Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox. Less than an hour and a half later, the White House dispatched, dispatched FBI agents to close off the offices of the special prosecutor, Archibald Cox, attorney general and deputy attorney general to close off their offices. So Nixon sent the FBI to close off their offices. Now, Richard Nixon's attack on his own Justice Department came with grave consequences. The same thing is going to happen to Donald Trump who attacks his own Justice Department, who attacks his own FBI, okay? FBI and his administration. More than 50,000 concerned citizens sent telegrams to Washington, and Washington, D.C., and 21 members of Congress introduced resolutions calling for Richard Nixon's impeachment. In the face of overwhelming protests, Richard Nixon relented and appointed Leon Jaworski as the new Watergate prosecutor. Leon Jaworski, J-A-W-O-R-S-K-I, resumed the investigation and eventually secured the release of the Oval Office recordings in July 1974 when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the tapes did not fall under executive privilege. And Trump is obstructing justice, just like with uh, former campaign manager Corey Lewandowski, who never worked for the White House, never worked for the government, He's claiming executive privilege over conversations that he had with Corey Lewandowski and things like this. So, so Lewandowski was stonewalling Congress when he testified in the House of Representatives a couple of weeks ago. Okay. 
But then when they had a trained attorney to ask him questions, he got boxed in. They should have started with the attorney first and then had the uh, members of Congress ask him questions later. Faced with the so-called smoking gun of his involvement in the Watergate break-in and cover-up, Richard Nixon resigned the presidency on August 8th, 1974, okay? Uh, so check out this uh, article here. They have a number of articles at history.com dealing with uh, Watergate, okay? This is a very, very important piece of history. Unfortunately, many of us don't understand this. All right, we see, see we've got Barry, we've got uh, Sean. Uh, Nixon administration was uh, bad, but the uh, clown is the worst. Trump is, oh, Trump is much worse than Richard Nixon. If you've been following this stuff, if you just look at the articles that I post, and those are just a sample of the articles that I have on, on Trump. The Trump is much worse than Nixon. Uh, let's see here. Excellent. The history repeating itself. Like I will say once again, absolutely. This is history repeating itself. And if you understand history, you can predict the future. If you understand history, you can predict the future. This is history repeating itself. All right. Let's see here. Okay. We've got Leah. Just a few of the people watching here. Now, African-American business, business owners, go ahead and post the uh, name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast as well. And uh, email us at customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Okay, let's see here. So uh, we had that article, and I think that, oh, Richard Nixon resigns August 8th, 1974. Let me uh, pull that up quick, quickly here. And now, what a lot of people don't know is. When you look at Richard Nixon and Nixon saying, I am not a crook, that was not about the Watergate break-in. That was about his taxes. It was found that Nixon owed an additional 400 and some odd thousand dollars in taxes. Okay. So since then, um, it is, uh, because of that, it, it, um, it became federal law that a sitting president and sitting vice president automatically have their taxes audited, okay? A lot of people don't know this. Read the article from CNN, money.cnn.com. Nixon released his tax returns under audit. Why can't Trump? I think, this is, I think they talk about it here. Nixon released his tax returns under audit. Why can't Trump? Um, Let's see. Turns out Richard Nixon publicly released his tax returns while they were under audit in 1973. Nixon's tax returns were under audit. He released his tax returns to show he's not a crook. Trump can still, so prior to Trump running for office, the reason he, he, he was, if he was under audit, he could still release his tax returns if he was under audit. He, however, prior to taking the oath of office has produced no evidence that his tax returns were under audit. All he had to do is produce the audit notification letter that the IRS sends you to let you know you're going to be audited. He never produced anything like that. Since he's been in office, 
if he has filed his tax returns, they were automatically audited by the IRS. That law was put in place because of what happened with Richard Nixon and also because of what happened with Spiro T. Agnew, who was Nixon's vice president. Spiro T. Agnew was forced to resign from office because of uh, he was hit with uh, tax evasion charges, corruption charges and tax evasion charges. Okay, so turns out Richard Nixon publicly released his tax tax returns while while they were under audit in 1973 at the height of the Watergate investigation. But Watergate was not the reason, according to tax historian Joe Thorndike. In the summer and fall of uh, 1973, quote, Richard Nixon was engulfed by a controversy over his personal taxes. An outsized charitable donation was the proximate cause, but the scandal expanded to include numerous issues with the tax returns Richard Nixon had filed between 1968 and 1972, end quote. Now, interestingly, it was that very tax controversy, not Watergate, that gave rise to one of Richard Nixon's most famous quotes, uh, uh, historian, tax, tax historian John Thorndike, John Thorndike found. Quote, people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook, Richard Nixon told reporters in November 1973. Quote, well, I am not a crook, end quote. That was dealing with his taxes not Watergate. He even went so far as to invite the Joint Committee on Taxation to also examine his returns. It did and found that President Richard Nixon owed another $476,431 or about $2.5 million in today's dollars. The IRS came to a similar conclusion. Okay, so this is some background historical information as well. Now, uh, okay, so read this article here from um, money.cnn.com. Nixon released his tax returns under audit. Why can't Trump? Now there's another uh, article that they have. There's another article that they have because it talks about how the law was changed because of Nixon and that um, every sitting president and vice president automatically uh, have their tax returns audited, okay? Let me see something, let me try to pull that up. And uh, I think CNN Money has an article dealing with that. So a lot of people don't know this. I first found out about that law from the Rachel Maddow show. And then I started doing some research on it. And I found out that's true. And it was put in place because of Nixon. Uh, let's see. Is that under? I've got thousands of uh, articles bookmarked. So let me see. Let me Google that because I've looked at that before. All right, we got Maurice. Um, once again, I will be at the All Black National Convention 
um, the weekend of uh, Friday, September 27th through Sunday, September 29th. That's in Houston, Texas. So everybody visit allblacknationalconvention.com, allblacknationalconvention.com uh, for more information to get your tickets. Okay, yes, yeah, money.cnn.com. This should be bookmarked here. The president always gets audited and the VEEP too, T-O-O. The president always gets audited and the VEEP too. Most, most people don't understand this history. This is from April 17, 2017. IRS audits of individuals are at their, for the U.S. president and vice president, an audit is guaranteed every year. The practice of doing a mandatory examination of the presidential and vice president tax returns has been in the Internal Revenue Service manual since the Watergate era, according to the IRS. Both President Richard Nixon and Vice President Spiro T. Agnew became embroiled in personal tax controversies around the same time that the Watergate scandal was unfolding. Vice President Spiro T. Agnew ended up resigning from office after admitting to tax evasion. He, Richard Nixon's vice president resigned from office eight months before Richard Nixon resigned from president. The process of auditing the tax return of the president and vice president is very precisely spelled out in the IRS tax manual, including the instruction that their returns must be filed in an orange folder. Only specified personnel may see the returns, and they must be locked in a secure drawer or cabinet whenever the appointed IRS examiner won't be present. Their audits also must be handled relatively quickly. Quote, the returns require expeditious handling at all levels to ensure prompt completion of the examinations, end quote, according to the IRS manual. The IRS did not offer a formal rationale for auditing the president and vice president every year. Part of it may be to make sure the highest officers in the government are adhering to the law, tax historian uh, Joseph uh, Thorndike uh, surmised. And making the audits automatic may have been intended to bolster public confidence that the IRS will audit presidents of both parties and not let it become something the agency does at its discretion, according to tax lawyer Stephen Rosenthal, a senior fellow at the Tax Policy Center. Okay. Um, all right, you can check out the rest of this. Yeah, but the uh, sitting presidents and sitting vice presidents, because of Richard Nixon, because of what happened with Nixon and his taxes and Spirit T. Agnew, they automatically get audited. They automatically get audited. So uh, you had the, not the House, was the House Ways and Means Committee? the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, if I remember correctly, wanted to verify that the, um, I think they wanted to verify that Trump's taxes were being audited because they're supposed to be, his tax returns and Vice President Mike Pence, Mike Pence tax returns are automatically supposed to be audited by the IRS. The question is, are they? The question is, are they? 
All right, so hopefully this helped to give you some additional uh, information dealing with the impeachment process and what is what is impeachment, what is an impeachment inquiry, give you some background information on uh, Watergate uh, as well. And let me see, did I do this? Nixon resigns. I did this, right? Yeah, later, public competence, plain July 27, July 30th. Oh, you know what? Okay, this is, let me see, did I pull this up here? This is the one I meant to do. I didn't do this yet. Uh, some of this is redundant. I basically covered most of this. Uh, read the article, August 8th, 1974, Nixon resigns. August 8th, 1974, Nixon resigns. John Ehrlichman, John Maiden, okay. Okay, you can check that out. That's from history.com also. So, um, pay attention to what's taking place. This is once again an example of how elections have consequences. Okay, this is uh, uh, and this is also using uh, uh, taxpayer dollars. Uh, Trump is using taxpayer dollars to do uh, what he's doing. To uh, the the, an the annual federal budget is four point nine trillion dollars. This is a reallocation of our taxpayer dollars. Also, he's he's uh, stealing three point uh, about three point six billion dollars from different uh, projects to fund his fake wall that he lied and said Mexico was going to pay for, even though Mexico said, we ain't paying for this wall. No. And he's trying to keep a campaign promise because he knows he's in trouble. Uh, but what's going to happen is, is that there are going to be lawsuits filed because he's going to have to take uh, people's homes through eminent domain. There's going to be lawsuits filed along the uh, uh, U.S.-Mexican border because they're going to have to uh, take to build this fake wall. They're going to take people's farmland and uh, take their homes and things like this. They're going to sue in court. It's going to be tied up in court for years, just like some of the other lawsuits along the border as well. And they're not going to build his fake wall. Okay. And he lied and said Mexico was going to pay for this wall. And also, trying to get funding for his fake wall is what led to the 35-day partial government shutdown back in uh, December 2018 and January 2019, okay? This is an example of how elections have consequences. Now, some of you all used to li uh, listen to my uh, show on 19 a.m. Superstation, listen to me on uh, 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 Wake Up With Steve Hood when I used to do the morning show in Detroit, uh, Thursday mornings, Wake Up With Steve Hood. So some of you all have heard some of my spoken word dealing with Donald Trump. Okay. This is called, I told you this fool was crazy. Elections have consequences. If you were shocked, if you were shocked when Ali beat Foreman's behind, wait till you see Donald Trump resign. He's a con man and a fraud and lost all three debates. He's the first Russian president of the United States. He cheated on all three of his wives and had children by different babies. Mamas. Donald Trump is everything negative. White people thought they would get from Obama. He asked black people, what the hell do you have to, have to lose as he stared right in our face and reversed over, uh, reversed almost 200 policies that President Obama had in place. When he resigns from office, I'm going to say, see, you wouldn't want to be it because this fool is trying to start a war in Jerusalem and North Korea. Too many people didn't vote in 2016 because of false pretenses. Donald Trump is a perfect example of how elections have consequences. All right, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, all of my DVD lectures are there. You can find out where I'm gonna be, where I'll be speaking. I'll be at the All Black National Convention the weekend of uh, September 27th through the 29th in Houston, Texas at the Marriott. 
Um, October 12th, I'll be out in Oakland, California on the Black Agenda uh, tour. Visit the Black Agenda on tour.com and then we'll be in Washington, D.C. in late October. If you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, email me at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com also and uh, you can donate to the african history network paypal.me forward slash the ahn show paypal.me forward slash the ahn show or at our website africanhistorynetwork.com uh, be sure to register for my uh, courses that i teach uh, the thursday 8 p.m eastern standard time online course ancient kemet the moors and the ma'afa ancient kemet one of the original, original names for egypt ancient kemet the moors and the ma'afa Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. The Ma'afa is a, a uh, Ma'afa is a Kiswahili term, which means the great disaster that refers to our Holocaust. Okay, this is the um, Year of Return 2019 edition. Uh, this is uh, an eight-week, 16-hour online course, but this session is really going to be nine weeks because um, August 20th, uh, 2019, uh, we that was like our second class. So I. Uh, did a uh, extra bonus class there because it was around the time of August 2016-19, uh, August 20th, 2019. So uh, this session will be actually be nine weeks. Um, so it's a uh, basically nine-week, 18-hour online course. We deal with thousands of years of history. We deal with uh, numerous book references, uh, about 50 articles that are that I reference as well. We do the classes live Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, they last about an hour and a half to two hours. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch them over and over again, watch from around the world. Uh, and it's uh, suitable for teenagers 13 years and older. So I would say it's PG-13. I don't do a lot of cursing. It's not vulgar, things like that. All right. I do a PowerPoint presentation as well, so it's visual. So uh, we have the link uh, posted here, and it's also at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, right on the home page, okay? Let me look at some of your comments before I get out of here. Okay, George Berry, okay, thanks, Brother George said. We'll be tuned in for the next show, all right? Um, and, yeah, so uh, be sure to follow us here at our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. Turn on the notifications so you know when we go live. Follow me on my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Turn on the notifications there as well. We have these broadcasts uh, in audio podcast format also. So at our website, uh, click on right on the homepage, click on listen to podcasts. It takes you to our blog talk radio page, which is blog talk blog, B-L-O-G, blog talk radio.com forward slash the African History Network show. Okay. So we have almost a thousand audio podcasts there and we're on eight different podcast platforms, CastBox, Stitcher, uh, FM Player, TuneIn, I, uh, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from, just search for the African History Network show, the African History Network show. Okay, so you can listen at work, listen all throughout the day uh, as well when we're not on live. Okay, uh, let me see who else we have here. Sean. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people that voted for Trump are finding out they were conned. A lot of people who voted for Trump are finding out they were con. A lot of farmers who voted for Trump, a lot of white farmers who voted for Trump uh, because of the tariffs he put on uh, dealing with the soybeans and selling to China is ruining their lives. Some of them are losing their farms. Uh, also, we see an increase 
in the number of suicides among farmers as well. Trump is wrecking the economy. He inherited a fairly healthy economy from President Barack Obama, and he's doing everything he can to destroy that economy, okay? His tariffs are, are going to cost um, the, average, uh, the average consumer 2,000 extra dollars a year, okay? And, and the increase in uh, uh, the prices for uh, goods that they're purchasing. So this idiot has been a disaster. But this is an example of how elections have consequences, okay? Um, and, and, you know, I do a presentation, uh, get, the, get the lecture that I, I, I've done called African-American Resistance in the Era of Donald Trump, Voter Suppression, Reparations to How Elections Have Consequences. Okay, that's at um, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And I go through and show you um, how Trump has reversed policies that President Obama had in place. Also look at the, but that's one of the things I deal with in the presentation, the three presentations on the DVD. Um, also look at the document from whitehouse.gov, um, progress of the African-American community in the uh, Obama administration, progress of the African-American community under the Obama administration, okay? So when I hear people say that Obama didn't do anything to help African-Americans, benefit African-Americans, that's wrong. You just haven't done the research. I don't know where you're getting this information from or what Simple Simon asked people you've been listening to. That is false. And Trump is systematically reversing policies that President Obama had in place all across the board that helped and benefited African-Americans. And a lot of stuff we don't understand because we don't study politics. And we keep repeating this nonsense that we hear from other people that don't understand politics or law or history. Okay. Progress of um, the African-American community under the Obama administration. That's at whitehouse.gov. What is whitehouse.gov? The official website of the White House. Okay. Also go to cbc.house.gov. What is cbc.house.gov, official website of the Congressional Black Caucus? Read their year-end report that they put out every year that shows what they've done all year and the bills they got passed and they, all the initiatives and all that stuff. cbc.house.gov. Every member of the Congressional Black Caucus has a page there and they talk about their, their, their initiatives. They talk about... The, their bills and all of these, you see press releases, all different types of things like that. But read the year in annual report from the Congressional Black Caucus also. All right. Okay, look, hey, we have to get out of here. Remember that the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. When you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Remember, right knowledge corrects wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever. Mod Hotel. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.